question marks. There's a lot of questions. Why? How? No logic, no reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Worst nightmare of their lives. This long nationwide nightmare. We'll start collecting clues as to the whys, the whats, and the wheres. Neighborhood by neighborhood. Literally knocking on doors. This is your worst nightmare. The nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Worst nightmare. We will not end the nightmare. We'll only explain it. Explain to us. Because this. This. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome in. Welcome back. Eden Gordon Hill is a resident and small business owner in Cedar Point, North Carolina. She's formerly served the former president, Donald Trump, as senior advisor of communication at the Office of Personnel and Management. She was a political appointee under Trump, serving as a senior advisor of communication at the Office of Personnel and Management. And uh, with uh, Trump back in the news, coming to eastern North Carolina a week from tomorrow over in Selma, we thought uh, this would be interesting to get some insight from someone who has had uh, some experience working for Donald Trump. Eden, welcome in. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Uh, now, tell me what you did. You were, we, we talked on the phone a little bit yesterday, mm-hmm. and even before he was elected as president, you right. had some work I, with Donald Trump. I had some work with uh, Donald Trump. I run my own media business in Cedar Point where I've been there for uh, 12 plus years. But um, my work takes me to New York, D.C. all the time, representing conservative clients. And my interactions with Trump and his team right before he officially announced that he was running for the presidency was at CPAC. And I was working Radio Row, working with Sean Hannity, working with his radio show and other team members. And we were working with all the official or unofficial presidential candidates. And that's where I met Trump and his amazing team, introducing him to the appropriate people and bringing him in to the radio booth. So you did a little PR. A little PR. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great honor to meet him. Um, but what a huge honor to be asked to yeah. come to Washington during COVID, during COVID, to drive back and forth and be able to serve two blocks from the White House. So that's painful, just thinking about driving from <laughs> Cedar Point, North Carolina to Washington, D.C. You did this on a regular basis, I a did. weekly basis? I did it on a monthly basis. Okay. I, was, I would do a, a monthly check-in. Um, And again, this was when we were on lockdown and I would hop in my car. My husband said, "Okay, let's go. Let's do this. And I would go and and uh, spend a couple days in our office. But, you know, the most unique thing, we all sat across from one another like there was nothing going on. Well, there wasn't actually. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I I don't want to. That's that's an (laughs) overstatement, but it was highly exaggerated. Let's put it that way. Yes. Very highly exaggerated. So. In that time period, I was, like you said, senior advisor of communications at the um, pleasure of the president of the United States. And it was an amazing honor working um, for the uh, uh, Office of Communications, but also worked on a unique side of things where Office of Personnel Management was focused on making sure our veterans were employed and our military spouses were employed. Mm. And I'm a veteran spouse. Right. I, I, I saw that. I want to talk to you about that. But let me let me first ask you about uh, as someone who has no inside information, I'm looking at Donald Trump. And I'm saying he's running. He's running. <laughs> and uh, I think the fact that he's coming in to endorse uh, Ted Budd 
is a good excuse for him to uh, showcase mm-hmm. the fact that uh, he's still relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more that uh, Joe Biden does and says, the better Donald Trump looks. And uh, boy, I mean, to compare, and and you probably know as 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 well as anyone, you look at how efficient the Trump administration ran mm-hmm. and compare it to the current administration. Mm-hmm. And it's like going from a 747 to a Model T Ford that can't get their engine started. Uh, that is correct. You've hit upon many points. What I call this current administration is the O'Biden administration. Yeah, that yeah. is what I say to that. Um, I say that um, the lights turned off as soon as O'Biden was in the White House or I should say, his basement in Delaware. Uh, My parents do not live far from where he lives Mm. in the great state of Pennsylvania. And they do see the flight line, uh, obviously, over their homes almost every Thursday. Really? So my question is, how often is O'Biden really in the White House? And my question is uh, to that, um, I... My question is to that, What? who is actually running it? Is it his chief of staff? Is it Obama? Is it Hillary? But in that, we have seen such a night and day difference. And I miss Trump. I miss the legacy that he has left. I miss the narrative, the constant narrative of for the people. We the people. And I miss the fact that being a veteran spouse, that my husband's care has dramatically dropped Mm -hmm. ever since. Trump left the White House, unfortunately. Well, all and, of us missed the gas prices that Trump yes, introduced. And and uh, also having more um, opportunities to be able to go to the store and actually afford things and be able to put food on our table. Well, do you think Donald Trump is looking to be the king maker or the king? Hmm. And, I'm, th- and listen, for any <laughs> liberal out there, oh, he's king. No, that's figurative language, okay? Well, him coming to Selma— and having seen him at CPAC last in February right. in Orlando and seeing the amounts of people wrap around that resort coming to see him, I really do believe in my heart of hearts and my gut that he is going to do this again. Hmm. He believes in this country. He loves this country. And he was a true commander in chief. It's interesting. There's a story out uh, today. I think, believe it or not, CNN released the story that basically – there was a controversy concerning the telephone log at the White House on January the 6th. Mm-hmm. And it was part of the narrative that the January 6th commission or committee, whatever they call themselves, was pushing. And a lot of liberal media was pushing. Well, even CNN came out today and said, nah, that, mm-hmm. that's a non-story. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, well, I am surprised that CNN came out with that. Maybe they're waking up. Um, uh, but- well, that's a bridge too far. <laughs> <laughs> but in that, I think the January 6th commission has wasted our taxpayer dollars. Oh, yeah. um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, we need to take a time out, but I want to get, I want you to stay with me because there's a lot more <laughs> I want to talk about, including um, the fact that you have a, a veteran husband who is also a wounded warrior. You mentioned the VA. Yes, let's, let's dig into that a little bit. We'll be right back.
This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in News and Views for a Friday. Special guest with us, Eden Gordon-Hill, and uh, talking about her time working for Donald Trump. And uh, she now, this is not official, okay, so don't go out and... <laughs> Put it on your headlines, but uh, her hunch is uh, Donald is running again. You mentioned in our first segment that uh, you have a spouse who's a veteran, your husband, Greg Hill, retired Army, Operation Iraqi Freedom veteran, also a wounded warrior, and our thanks to him for his Thank service. You. Uh, how how did, does did he, what happened that he fell under that category? Sure, sure. So uh, he was um, uh, in Iraq. Um, and during that time period, uh, yes, he was exposed to a lot of different aspects, um, the TBI aspect, the PTSD aspect. But one thing that was uh, huge for him when he came back, he did not realize he had sleep apnea until he returned. And that was what kept him from being able to go back again because he really wanted mm. to go back and serve again. Um, and that sleep apnea, we are now finding out is related to the exposures that they um, were put in front of while they were in mm. Iraq. He was a military policeman um, with the big red one attached to the 82nd out of Fort Bragg. Mm. Um, and so he got out in 2005. So he was up, up to 2005. His mm -hmm. plan was uh, to stay in there to for stay life. In. Yeah, he did 23 years. Well, that's just about life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and loved every minute of yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. You were mentioning during the break that uh, you had a situation over the last uh, Christmas season where you needed to use the services of a VA clinic or hospital, mm -hmm. and uh, they moved on you? Yeah, uh, they did move. They did move. Uh, first and foremost, over the holiday season, uh, my husband was very sick. And what we normally do, we go to the uh, Moorhead VA clinic, and his primary care is over there. And we called to get an appointment, and the nurse plainly said, you are not able to come here. Please go to the most re uh, closest urgent care to be seen. And I... Um, very firmly got on the phone with the nurse and said, then what is your purpose? And are how many other veterans are you denying care? Because you clearly state that this is an urgent care facility for the veterans to be seen. Now, would VA pick up the tab if you had gone to an urgent care? Not necessarily. So that's another question. So I, I say as a veteran caregiver... I am on the front lines looking to make sure that our caregivers have the best information possible. But here's something else. Um, just the other day, I was riding by the VA clinic on Highway 70. There is a for sale sign now there. Mm. And if you notice that there is no park, there's no cars in there, and there's a small sign that says we have moved. To what notification did any uh, VA recipients receive this, any veterans receive this, any caregivers. We did not, and I started asking around and doing some background investigating. Nobody received any notification. I finally found out where they are. They're located at 2900 Arundel Street in Moorhead City, but it was because of a fact-finding mission and finding out that many, many of my future, future constituents did not know about that. Future constituents. I think that's a lead-in. <laughs> Uh, so you've decided to do something about it. Um, uh, Eden Gordon Hill is running for the North Carolina House District 13, which covers Carteret and Craven counties. Uh, 
the incumbent down there is retiring, Republican incumbent. Yes, Pat McElrath okay. is retiring. Yes. And yes. she just has had enough of uh, Raleigh <laughs> politics? Uh, I, I wouldn't know. But um, what I do know is that I filed... Um, I have been serving, I've been in public service for more than 20 years, and I've been working behind the scenes with elected officials, House members, Senate members, and U.S. presidents. And I am no longer going to be sitting on the sidelines and telling somebody what to say and what to do. I am going to be, I am going to be doing that. I filed because I, the last straw was one veteran being denied, and I am fed up with the VA denying our veterans, especially when there's more than 9,000 veterans in Carteret County alone, and that includes our military families, which has um, houses Cherry Point. Well, let me ask you, how as does a state house representative how, how can you have a positive effect on the Veterans Administration? Sure. So within the Veterans Administration, yes, it is a federal issue, and I get that. But being a voice at the local level, so— You have a bully pulpit. I, I really, really do. Yeah. And I sit around and I talk— I, do kitchen table discussions. I do them daily now with the constituents. I sit down, I talk with veterans. I sit down, I talk with small businesses. I talk with nonprofits. I talk with mental health professionals. I talk with the aspect of the homelessness. So what I want to do is I want to get to Raleigh. I want to kick open some doors with my hot pink heels and my red heels and say, I'm here. I may be five foot, but I have some firepower behind me. And I said, I want to get some answers um, to these questions because I am tired of the buck being passed to Durham or to another legislature or to somebody saying, oh, well, we'll get to that. No, that's not an answer. These veterans need answers and they need to be taken care of. So it is Eden Hill for House.com. Uh, primary comes up on May the 17th. That's a pretty conservative area. I imagine uh, the primary is going to be uh, a, a bigger battle than the general. Is, are there any Democrats running? There's one other Democrat and then two other Republicans. Okay. Okay. So you will have a primary and you will also yes. have a general election. We only have a couple of minutes, but what would you say, I'm talking about on a state level, mm -hmm. what do you think the three biggest items, that, the three biggest issues that um, conservatives going in to uh, the legislature in North Carolina mm -hmm. need to mm -hmm. deal with? So as I've been talking with the constituencies, I've been door knocking in all the different neighborhoods. And one big thing is to be heard. Hmm. I have been knocking on doors since I filed. And I will tell you, these constituents have said to me, we haven't seen anybody. Hmm. We haven't heard from anybody. And that's one big thing. The small business aspect to this area is one thing I want to make sure, if, if, if is a strong word, but if in the event we have another COVID round, because big media and big pharma says we need more money, I want to make sure that those mandates are not enacted from the state down. I want to make sure we are still free. We live in a beautiful, beautiful Carteret County and Craven County, and we have remained free. And I want to make sure that that does not happen again. If Now, there was a, uh, a piece of legislation, I think Keith Kidwell was one of the sponsors of it, to take away the emergency, well, to limit the emergency powers mm -hmm. of the governor. Mm -hmm. And it passed, and he vetoed it. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a possibility that we could have a uh, conservative veto-proof uh, majority in the House and the Senate? Boy, that would be absolutely amazing. But I want to make sure with that veto-proof that there's also some other aspects to that because the free the smiles was vetoed as well, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I sit there and say small businesses, 
the commercial businesses, commercial fishermen of the district, they are one paycheck away from losing it all mm. because of the rules and regs. I want to make sure that I'm there for every vote when that comes up for them because I have talked with them, I hear them, and I want to make sure that they have everything that they need. And in the final aspect of that, I've been to China. I was a short-term missionary over there, and I was fed the fish from over there, and it's absolutely crap. And I've said that in my speeches. We have the best here, and I want to make sure our state is educated and our consumers are educated on what is the gold mine of North Carolina. Her website is EdenHillForHouse.com. Again, she's running for North Carolina House District 13 at Carteret and Craven Counties. Are you going to go see Donald Trump? I hope so. I would love to see (laughs) President Trump again. (laughs) Hey, thanks for being with us. Great uh, time with uh, our special guest, and uh, have a great weekend. It's going to be pretty. Get out and enjoy, and we will be back to see you on Monday at 5 o'clock. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.